walking, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, God, yeah, uh, uh-huh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm walking in the spirit, I ain't walking in the flesh, I ain't living on this world, my body gone, my body dead, and I know sometimes it's hard, you gotta learn from every test, that's why you always send us in, now we very blessed evening or morning to you depending on where you are watching this uh, video from I want to continue a little bit and move into the Lord took me and what he was showing me so like I said before you know we were I was in that I was in that place and uh, pastors different people believers were being retrained and one of the reasons why the power has left or the church has been powerless is because of compromise and worldliness. And the Lord took me to a place. He took me directly in his word to 1 Kings chapter 18 and where he started to uh, show me different things about the false prophets and Elijah the true prophet. And he was showing me the difference between a true prophetic spirit and a false prophetic spirit and it prompted me um, just recently it prompted me to go in and study some of the characteristics of the prophets because of the teachings that are running around and everything nowadays um, there's a lot of different teachings but I want to go ahead and just get into it a little bit for you so when we look at first Kings chapter 18 we see uh, the Bible, it highlights three types of prophets, really, that influence God's people. And with that in mind, you have to remember that um, these prophets, regardless if they're uh, true prophets or prophets of Baal or prophets of Jezebel, they're all speaking to God's people. And we have had an infiltration in the church of a false prophetic spirit and some real, uh, real different type of teachings that move a little bit away from scripture um, they try to limit scripture a little bit but i just want to get into it a little bit so in in first kings chapter 18 what we're seeing is we're seeing three different types of prophetic spirits or prophets that are flowing and i'm just gonna uh, i'm gonna touch a little bit on the different ones then i'm gonna read some passages and and try to um bring home some truths in this so what we see is we see the first one we see are the prophets of Baal. Now, when you see a prophet of Baal and you see that this spirit start to flow in the church, what it is is it's basically prophetic divination. And it's a spirit that leads God's people into idolatry. Now, you have to understand idolatry is not basically taking uh, a, a, an idol made of wood or an idol made of stone. Um, you can do that, but it's actually something even more than that. Um, we fill our stadiums the same way they fill the stadiums in the old days and different things take place. I mean, sports can be an, uh, an idol. Your career can be an idol. Your education can be an idol. Anything that takes the place of God or you exalt above God can take that place of an idol. And as you're reading in the churches, you're reading in the churches in Revelation and 
Jesus begins to rebuke these churches. He says that um, different spirits have taught the people to eat meat that have been sacrificed to idols. If you have ever been around an idol feast or you studied this, you know that when they sacrifice to idols, what they do is they cook the meat and they take the first piece of meat and lay it on the idol and then they distribute the rest. In other words, that idol is receiving the best portion or the first portion. So is God getting the first portion in our lives? Is He actually getting the first portion of our day, the first portion of our time, the first portion of our effort, the first portion of our emotions? Is He receiving the first portion? We have to ask this because this is what Baal does. The, the prophetic spirit of Baal will begin to minister to people. And I'm telling you, this is not just outright blunt and people are saying well go worship this and that it's not like that these prophecies what happens when a prophetic spirit of Baal begins to flow the prophecies lead to people to serve their own will instead of God's will that's the major issue be behind this prophetic spirit of Baal it starts to tap into a familiar spirit and it releases a word that serves the selfish motives in the heart because the person has the anointing or they have something they begin to understand what is going on in the heart and they begin to move and flow in a word that will minister to the selfish motives in the heart and what it can do is it can move in the areas of money it can move in the areas of relationship it can move in the areas of career it can move in the areas of different things and what happens is is the person that is operating in this identifies the idolatry in the heart and in one's life and it starts to prophesy the words that somebody wants to hear and this is amazing because um, one of the major issues today is they have removed uh, an operation or a function of the office of the prophet. A lot of teachings have, and they say, okay, you can only encourage, you can only comfort, you can only edify. Now, when you're teaching new believers how to prophesy or operating in the prophetic anointing, that is very sound what you're doing. You don't want them moving in other places because the office of the prophet has been designed to move in the correction, the direction, the instruction, that type of stuff. And people might argue and say, no, that's not for today. But if you look at the Bible, Paul says, when an unbeliever comes into a service or an inquirer comes into a service, the secrets of his heart are revealed. Thus falling down, he worships God. Now, if we understand the function of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said when he comes, the Spirit of truth, what he is going to do is he is going to convict the world of what? Of sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, if you say that, that, that the Holy Spirit doesn't operate in this way, you're removing the major functions of this. And what you're doing is you're grieving and you're quenching the very Spirit of God. Because I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is not going to enable you to remain in the selfishness of your life and in the idolatry that is in your heart. The Holy Spirit is going to convict you so that you fall on your knees and worship him 
only. This is interesting because this is a major flow of the prophetic that is coming into the church right now. Oh, this is happening and this is happening. There's no conviction of the sin in people's lives. And if you understand uh, the characteristics of a prophet, a characteristic of the prophet, they hated sin. Number one, they hated self-promotion. Number two, they hated even any type of self-regard. They weren't charmed with their position. They didn't wear shirts and hats that said Prophet Jimmy. And that's not what it is all about. You should not be um, announcing your position because people today, they want to announce their position. They want to say, oh, I'm this title and that title. As long as you know your function, does it really matter what people, other people call you? And other people should be calling you and not yourself. And I don't know if you remember the greatest prophet of the day whose name is Jesus Christ. When he took his disciples aside and said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but has been revealed to you by my father. And I say unto you, upon this rock, I will build it. So let's go forward and, and, and not get into all that right now. But let's go forward. And Jesus said, you know, they understood he was the Messiah, the anointed one. So they recognized the anointing upon his life. But he said this, he said, anybody who I am. I don't need you to announce me and the anointing that is upon me to people. Why? Because real anointing doesn't have to be announced. It doesn't have to be put on billboards and visiting cards. It does not have to be advertised because when the Holy Spirit gets ready, He will pull back the curtain and reveal who you really are and the anointing that is upon your life. The Holy Spirit will announce what He is doing in your life life and he will draw people to Jesus instead of you trying to draw people to Jesus through manipulation and fleshly means that is not a true prophetic spirit that is in operation it is a spirit because what the world does the world hates those who expose sin and unbelief so the more worldly a church becomes or the more compromised a ministry becomes it doesn't want you touching their pet sins it doesn't want you touching and exposing the sin or the unbelief that is going on. It wants you to encourage and enable you to continue to operate in that so that you can be highlighted. That's why I love a song by Jason Upton. It's called Dying Star. And it says, Star, how beautiful you shine. You shine more beautiful than mine. There's so many people out there that are trying to shine much greater than Jesus. But if you put the light on Jesus... Everybody will be drawn unto him. You can be like John the Baptist and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what I want to do in my life. I want to point people to Jesus. And what this spirit of Baal does is it begins to operate. It identifies, it serves the selfish motive in a person's life. And what it does is it reveals its own will instead of revealing the will of God and exposing anything that could harm in life. Make sense? The next type of prophetic spirit is the spirit of Jezebel. 
Now, I'm not going into a lot of details about this, but I'm just going into some, 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 some really light highlights. And what this is, is this is a spirit that uses smooth and flattering words to try to manipulate and control. She uses these words, and, and you'll see it in the church. You'll see manipulative words and smooth words, especially to people in position or people that have power or people that have provision people that have money, people in a place that could take you and change your entire life. And what happens is, is the spirit starts to flow in that. And as it flows in that, it will continue to flatter and smooth and flatter until it manipulates itself into the position that it has designed itself to do. And when it doesn't or it's not able to manipulate through flattery or anything else, what happens is, is it turns into war mode and it starts going against you with fear and control and manipulative. What it does is it tries to make you, if you don't do this, judgment is coming if you don't do that judgment is coming so it's very imbalanced and it's very unstable and that's what it is trying to do it is trying to control it is trying to manipulate i got a word for you i know the direction that you're supposed to go and the word of the church and it, all it does is flattery but i'm telling you i need a word and i hope all of you out there that listen to this take this attitude and say i need a word that can stabilize my soul through the hell I go through in the week. I need something to give me some balance, something to give me some stability, something that is foundational that I can stand on so that when the winds and the waves come, I'm not knocked off my course. Glory to God. And through this, what I, what I came to understand is I came to understand a false prophet is not one that is not accurate. A false prophet can be very accurate, but what happens is, is that false prophet is the one that has deceptive motives or has been deceived itself, therefore it releases things to manipulate, to control, it releases things in your heart to move, and a lot of times a false, uh, a false prophetic spirit does not start off in a person like that. A person might start off in a true prophetic spirit, but through different deception through different experiences through different times uh, 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 of ministry what happens is is it gets deceived and it starts ministering according to different wills words and motives most false prophets don't begin like that but they fall into deception through the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life A false prophetic spirit will also operate in hype. This is the greatest hindrance to revival, and that is hype. And I'm going to get to that in a moment, but watch this. In 1 Kings chapter 18, let me let me let me hit on this a little bit because I don't want to I don't want to go too long. Watch this in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, "Go show yourself unto Ahab and I will send the rain." 
Elijah heard something that the other prophets or the other people didn't hear. And this is a true prophetic spirit. What it does is it begins to hear and a person of faith just basically begins to hear what other people do not or cannot hear. In other words, you're looking at famine, but you see rain, but you hear rain. You're looking at crisis, but you see conquering. You're looking at tears, but you see joy or you hear joy. You hear things that other people cannot hear here. I don't know. I cannot touch it. I cannot see it. I cannot feel it. But I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. It might be dry on the outside around me, but it's so wet on the inside. I am drenched on the inside. It is pouring. It is flooding on the inside. I not. I cannot see joy, but I can hear it. I cannot see peace, but I can hear it. I cannot see breakthrough or feel breakthrough, but I can hear it. I cannot see, feel, touch victory, but I can hear victory because He will give us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. I can see weakness, but I hear strength. I can see lack, but I hear abundance. I can see defeat, but I hear victory. A true prophet or prophetic spirit hears what has been spoken in the presence of God. It's not there designed to bring self-promotion. It's not designed to bring attention to itself. It is designed to bring attention to God and it hears what other people cannot hear. And because it hears what other people cannot hear, it begins to do and operating in a faith that other people do not operate in. It took faith to show himself to somebody that was trying to kill him. If you remember, Ahab was out looking for him left, right, center. He was looking for him up, down. He was trying to kill Elijah, but Elijah was able to show himself and say, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. It took faith to show himself to the king. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because I can hear things that other people cannot hear. I have a faith that other people cannot operate in. I'm going to skip down and read something else to you. Elijah says in verse 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long do you halt between two opinions? How long are you going to limp between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered not a word. Mm. Interesting. 
So he goes down. He tells him basically, okay, you choose a bullock. I'll choose a bullock. We'll dress it. We'll put it on the altar. Whoever's God answers by fire, let him be God. And all of a sudden, we see that the prophets of Baal, listen to, look at this. And they took a bullock which was given unto them, and they dressed it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until evening, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. This is the hype of the false prophetic spirit. They're doing the external. They're going through the theatrics. They're dramatized. And, and it's not wrong to, to, to be a little bit dramatic. But they're going through the theatrics. They're limping in one moment. Limping to make a decision between Yahweh and Baal. They're limping to make a decision between a sermon and a cereal. Between sports and a sermon. They're limping between between ball games and Bible study. They're limping between recreation and consecration. They cannot walk properly. Their progress has been impeded and hindered. They cannot move forward in the things of God or in the things of Yahweh because they're being torn in between the two and they're halting. The Bible tells us that, that they're like crutches. They're walking and they're unable. They don't have much movement in their legs and when I think about this I'm reminded of the man in Acts chapter 3 that was lame and he was brought to the gate called beautiful daily and I'm telling you that people that operate through a false prophetic spirit will make you lame and you will have to be carried to a place of blessing by others laid at the place to receive alms from true worshipers people that are coming and a true prophetic spirit will say I don't have silver I don't have gold I don't have any adulation I don't have any reputation but what I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Oh, it has power because it can hear things that other people cannot hear. It is able to operate in a faith that other people cannot operate. Instead of sending somebody to another ministry, it took responsibility and said, look on us. We have something you might not be looking for or expecting, but it's much more than what you expected. In the name of Jesus Christ, this man went from being lame to being touched by religion. Revival. And that's what's wrong with the spirit of Baal when it's operating in a church. It is operating through hype. It gets you emotional. It gets you all wound up in your spirit or your soul or your mind. And all of a sudden you're leaping on the altar trying to get God to do what you want to do so that He can confirm what you want Him to confirm in your life. But that's not the purpose of it. Oh, God. They cried, cut themselves after the manner with knives, lances, till the blood gushed out. They were trying to get God to do what they wanted Him to do. How many times have you seen somebody worship Baal? They're not listening to what God wants to do. They're trying to do things they're even going to extremes to try to get God to do what they want Him to do instead of listening to God's will. 
so that God can make a way through His will. Watch this. And it came to pass when midday was passed and they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regard. In other words, they were prophesying. They were trying to speak. They were trying to declare. They were trying to decree. But there was absolutely no answer from God. This is what a false prophetic spirit does. It prophesies, but then God is not behind it. God is not backing it. God doesn't fulfill it because you're prophesying to somebody's will out of your will instead of hearing the will of the Lord which is the main thing that a prophetic spirit will do. It will release and interpret what God's will is to humanity. It will make an invisible God audible. Mm. That probably went beyond a lot. Watch this. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench. He dug a trench around the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order. Mm and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. They did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran out about the altar and filled the trench. This is what I love. He says, And it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at your word. This has not come from my will. This has not come from my intention. I'm going to skip and it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now let me go back just for a second. Because they hear things that other people cannot hear, because they in a different realm of faith, all of a sudden the prophetic spirit says, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to rebuild the altar of the Lord. I am going to rebuild the place of consecration that has been broken down by the spirit of compromise, by this present culture. I'm not worried about being culturally correct. I'm not worried about a spirit of compromise to be able to tell you, you can do this and that. You can partake of the world and then come partake of God. No, what I what, what Elijah did is he rebuilt a place of consecration. He rebuilt a place of sacrifice. People want success, but they don't want to give or live any sacrifice. People preach about success, but not about sacrifice. How to be successful in your marriage. How to be successful in your finances. 
finances, how to be successful here and successful there, but success, true success in the kingdom of God will never come without sacrifice. To have true success, there has to be a place of true sacrifice in your life. It's not the present motto of the day. Okay, you do you. You focus upon you. You shine the light upon you. Don't worry about it. The reason you're troubled and you have all these problems going on in your mind is you need to focus upon yourself. How about let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness. Took upon himself the form of a servant. Gave himself to God as a sacrifice and has been given a name higher than any other name. And at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. We want success without sacrifice. But that's why God hasn't lifted any up with real authority and power the way he lifted up Elijah because it's a bunch of hype. What you need is you need a real sacrifice. A place that has been broken down. When Jacob was going through a horrible time, he was about ready to, to, to be completely wiped out. God told him, I want you to go back to Bethel and build me an altar. You forgot about the place of consecration and sacrifice and your life. And if you want to get some fire, you have to offer a sacrifice. People are praying, God send the fire. Send the fire. Send revival. And God says, I have plenty of fire. I have plenty of holiness. I have plenty of healing. I have plenty of revival. But where is the sacrifice? If you would learn how to sacrifice, I will send the fire and you will know success that cannot be put out by any man or any devil and you will know that no weapon Lord have mercy The next thing he did, the next thing a true prophetic spirit does is it digs a ditch around the altar. Oh God. This consecration. And he digs a ditch around the altar. He says there has to be a separation first thing I did, I, I brought some holiness into my life. But then I had to have some separation between the human and the holy. Between the profane and the holy. Elijah takes the time to focus upon holiness. And what I want to tell you is worship is what moves you from the human to the holy. It is worship that takes you from that place that brings that separation in your life. Because you're in the presence of God, you become sensitive to sin. You become sensitive to unbelief. You become sensitive to doubt. And you desire what God desires. You no longer want those things in your life. You want God more than you want the pet sins. You want 
God more than you want any other thing in your life and it's through the worship that moves you for the true worshipers will worship Him in spirit for the Father seeks. The Father is looking for some worshipers. I remember there was a movie that came out many years ago. It was the Lost Ark of the Covenant but we're not, God is not looking for the Lost Ark. He's looking for the lost worshipers because worship will move you from the human to the holy. That's why Isaiah said, I saw the Lord and He was high and lifted up and His train filled the temple, seated upon His throne and the worshipers were crying, Holy, 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 Holy. And as the worshipers cried, Holy, as the worshipers were partaking of holiness, all of a sudden the doors on the temple started moving. <laughs> If you would worship God and have a separation in your life, God will start moving things that you couldn't move. He'll move your finances. He'll move your sickness. He'll move your career. He'll move your education. He'll move the discouragement. He'll move the disappointment. He'll start moving things that couldn't be moved. He'll move obstacles. He'll move mountains. He'll move and He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Faith rebuilt the altar. Faith put separation. It wasn't concerned about pleasing everybody else. All it wanted to do was please God. So it put a separation in between God's altar, the consecration, and the consumer... The consumerism, it put some type of separation in between everything that was hindering God from doing something mighty in the midst. Not only did faith rebuild the altar, not only did faith dig the ditch, but all of a sudden Elijah takes the most precious resource of the day. He takes the water and he pours it on the sacrifice. Water was the most important thing in the land. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. It was valuable. Water was valuable. Water was important. Water was the greatest resource of the day. And he takes the greatest resource of the day and he pours it upon God. That's what a prophetic spirit will do and that's what a worshiper will do and that's what a true person of faith will do. It will pour his heart out unto God. It will pour his love unto God. It will pour his time unto God. It will pour his adoration unto God. It will pour his worship unto God. It will pour his praise unto God. It will pour his tears unto God because he knows if we will give him what we have. He will give us what He has and we will never thirst again as we pour our valuable things, as we break our alabaster box on the Lord, as we pour our praise on God and our thanksgiving on God, as we pour it out, God all of a sudden sends the fire. He sends the glory. If this was no original fire because fire wouldn't have consumed everything. This was the glory of God, the complete consumed everything. God wants to consume 
everything in our he wants to consume our family he wants to consume our relationships he wants to consume our purpose he wants to consume our destiny God wants to consume you and if you will give it to him he will give it to you and it will be good measure pressed down shaken together and running out all over God wants to bless his people with abundance he wants to bring revival he wants to release an outpouring like this world has not seen for such a long time but he needs a true prophetic spirit a prophet a company of prophets and not profligates people that have not been totally consumed with vice but people that are consumed with the consecration of of the Lord all of a sudden when you give it up to him here comes the breakthrough here comes the miracles here comes the provision here comes the revival in your life God wants to pour it upon our lives. That we confront these false prophetic spirits, false revival. People dance. Uh, now it's good to dance. It's good to get excited. It's good to shout. Lift your hands to the Lord. But if it's just hype and not Holy Ghost, then it's not going to benefit a bit. How do I know it's hype instead of the Holy Ghost? Or how do I know it's the Holy Ghost and not hype? Because the Holy Ghost will bring transformation into our lives. And like Elijah, he took all of those prophets and he slayed every prophet. He killed the false influences. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. That's what real revival will do. It will kill all the false influences in your life. Beloved, let's, let's break loose from these classrooms of compromise, from the spirit of Babylon that operates through false prophetic spirits and operates through hype and start operating through the Holy Ghost once again. There are things that we have to do. What we have to do is we have to learn how to hear what this world cannot hear. And that is a word from God. And once we hear what others cannot hear, we need to do what others are not doing. recreation consecration it's not bad to have some recreation it's not bad the thing is is people have put it first and they've made church their entertainment and they go where there's entertainment 
transformation. They go just to church like they go to a movie. They go because of their class of people, because they're rich and they want to feel good around rich people. Because they're poor, they want to feel good around other poor people. Because they belong to a certain group in society. Because they have a certain standing. Because they don't want to cross the line. They have too much pride because their friends might make fun of them. There's transformation. To make a separation in your life between the human and the holy. You got to put some real worship back into your life. And you got to give God your most valued resource. Your most valued. Abraham, take now that only son whom you love. And maybe if we do that, if then so many things are conditional for a response. I want to hear from heaven. I want to see heaven on earth. And I challenge you today to get back to a true prophetic spirit and get rid of that false prophetic in Jesus' name. God bless you all. I love you. I'll see you again. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Amen.